Welcome to the Church Brand Guide Podcast. My name is Michael Persad. This is the podcast designed to help your church brand be perceived the way that God intended it to be. Uh, We're going to unpack the topic of big events, and we're going to talk about how churches can use big events to reach beyond the wall and and reach the community so that you're able to cultivate relationships and, and grow the church. So a big event is a wonderful way to reach out to your community. It's a, it's a wonderful tool that uh, churches can use and have been using, especially this time of year. It's about the fall and there's a lot of things happening. Churches usually are good at having an event of some kind to where people are able to come from the community and, and experience the, you know, the hospitality of the church. Um, whether it's now in the fall or maybe here in a couple months around Christmas time, it's a wonderful time for big events. So we thought that this would be a great episode so that we can share a couple tips to help you maximize your events um, or even do an event. If, you, if you're not planning on doing one, maybe your church can think about doing a big event that serves a community so that you can then begin to generate relationships and cultivate relationships that, um, that it's, that's going to help you grow in the long run. So there's a couple goals that I, that I want to share with you. One is that uh, we want to capture information. So one of the goals of a big event is to capture information. The second goal of a big event is to have people in the community meet your church and meet the people in your church. Um, By accomplishing these two goals, you're able to really maximize the event so that it's productive to help people engage with your church and want to come back and check it out. Um, First of all, you have to make sure you're reaching out to a target audience. That's one of the common things we talk about quite a bit on this podcast is having a target audience. So maybe your event has an audience of young families. So it's going to have a lot of things that young kids would love to, uh, to do and enjoy. And as a result of that, their parents enjoy it. Their parents enjoy the event, and they enjoy what the church is doing to help their kids and to help their families. So uh, that could be a target audience, it's just young families. Maybe you have a men's event that's geared towards men, or a women's event. Uh, maybe it's a conference of some kind that you're hosting to help women in the community. Maybe it's a a single adult event, or it could be a teenager event. Whatever your event looks like, it should have a target audience. And by having a uh, focus, you're able to really maximize the event itself to engage people and make it a a very effective event that can be um, uh, enjoyed by the people that are there. Um, So our two goals that we talked about, the first one is capture information. So before the event, you want to promote the event. And if you can, uh, add an extra step to your promotion. Not only tell people where the event is and when it is, and maybe what's going to be there, that's great, that's kind of standard stuff for a promotion, but you might also add an extra step where people can click to then register for the event. So being able to pre-register means that they get maybe a a prize or maybe entered into a drawing to win a prize. Um, Or maybe they get just an easier time when they show up, they have some stuff that's already prepared for them, and it's good to go because they took the time in advance to to send in their information. So whatever carrot you can put out there to get their basic information ahead of time is a wonderful thing to do. That way you can start to uh, cultivate that relationship. You can send out an email just saying, thanks for for, um, registering for the event. Here's a couple bits of information you might want to know, and then um, it'll help them. You'll serve them better by being able to do that. And you only want to ask for basic information a name and an email. Maybe maybe that's it uh, for now. And then with that, you get to put them into an email uh, segmented list 
that you can then automate over time. So I, um, I mentioned a couple things there that I just want to slow down and, and just um, unpack just for a moment. So email segmented lists is basically something where you can put people into a category um, that then gets uh, emails based on that category that they're in. So they're getting the information they want to get and not the information that they don't want to get, which reduces the likelihood that they're going to unsubscribe to your email list. So yes, email is a very effective marketing tool, especially when you do it right and you're not, you're not bothering people. So the segmented list is a great way to do that, to maximize emails. The other thing I mentioned was to create a sequence. A sequence is basically a series of emails that you've prepared in advance. And when somebody enters their email address, that sequence gets triggered and they get a series of emails over the course of a period of time. So maybe it's three emails, five emails, seven emails, 12 emails, and maybe they get that over the course of um, maybe days or weeks. Um, the, the, the big idea behind all this is to keep engaged and to cultivate a relationship with people um, over a longer period of time, well beyond the, the event itself. So you can also capture information at the event. Maybe you have a contest of some kind where you're giving away um, a great prize. Uh, so you, you want to have some sort of a, a carrot that you can put out there to be able to get pe people's basic information. That way you can uh, cultivate that relationship uh, with the marketing efforts later on and help those people engage with the church and, and come back. So this is a big mind shift in a lot of churches. Um, you might have big events happening and in, in general churches usually um, hype up the event and make sure it's great but then they forget to have something in place to build a relationship over time. So this is a big tool that you can, um, you can use. So uh, we're going to talk about that uh, more with our guest. We're also going to talk about how to um, make your event a way that people can meet your church. So that's the second goal. You should have people that are friendly and engaging so that as people come to the event, they just get a really good representation about what your church is all about. And uh, of course, have your times there for services and uh, information about when people can show up and uh, make it as easy as possible for them to then um, come to your service, your next service that's right after that event, uh, maybe in the next few days or the next day, whenever that might be. So events are great, great ways to help you grow your church, especially when you do a couple of things that we just mentioned by capturing, capturing information and then also re helping people to meet your church through the event. Stephen Records is our guest. He has been on us, with us in the past and I've asked him to come back to talk about this because Stephen is absolutely amazing at digital marketing and marketing for events. He's at James River uh, Church down in Springfield, Missouri, and uh, James River has many uh, events uh, that they do. I say many, but they do several events throughout the course of a year, but they maximize those events in a huge way. And a large part of that is, is, is Stephen and what he's doing with digital marketing to capture information and then also engage people on social media with emails, with websites and microsites, and it's, uh, it's just an amazing thing that Steven is doing down there. So he's gonna unpack uh, for our audience, for you, um, what he's doing and give you some great ideas of how to maximize a big event to help your church grow. Steven also adds on a bonus at the end of the podcast. He talks about a Google Grant and how he's using a Google Grant to market the church and, and um, uh, have 
almost a quarter million people visit the church website by being able to have this grant that he's um, been able to uh, obtain from Google. So he unpacks a, a, what the process is to, to get the grant and then how he's using it to then help the church grow. So it's a great episode. Um, let's dive right into it. And let's talk with Stephen Records about big event marketing and this Google grant. All right. Well, thanks for joining me on the Church Brand Guide podcast. Today, we have our guest, Stephen Records, who is back with us. Stephen's been with us before in the past, and he was uh, uh, mind-blowing uh, in the past, giving us a lot of good information about what he's doing uh, on, on the marketing side of things, uh, digital marketing. And uh, he gave us a lot of resources, so we wanted him back. And he's going to be talking with us today about launching a new campus and uh, big events and maybe some other things in there. You never know what Stephen's going to bring. So, Stephen, welcome to the podcast. Hey, it's so good to be on. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Welcome back. So, Stephen, for the new people that are uh, just getting to know you a little bit, um, why don't you do a brief introduction about what you do? Yeah, um, well, I am the overall the digital marketing here over at James River Church. Uh, we're a church in Springfield and uh, Missouri, and uh, that ends up encompassing all of our websites. Um, it's our uh, social media. It's all of the content that we produce. It's our James River app. It's uh, marketing for our conferences online and for um, how we how people find us online through search engines, how people find us through just any type of a digital channel uh, that's out there. It's uh, all of those things for the church, for our conferences, for our college that we have. Um, we also uh, operate and manage the podcast for the church and um, just try and get our online presence as strong as it possibly can be in order to be able to influence uh, really the world uh, online for Jesus. Yeah, that's a lot. Um, <laughs> thanks for unpacking that. So James River is just this church that's doing uh, just amazing things. They have a lot of things happening, and Stephen's there to help them promote and get the word out of what's, what's happening. So, Stephen, let's dive into what are you doing right now? Like, what are some big projects you're working on right now? Very briefly, I know you've got a lot of things happening. Yeah, um, well, right now we're actually planning to launch uh, DebbieLindell.com um, for her new book that's coming out in uh, the first week of October, which is called She Believes. And so, uh, you know, you guys can have a look at that here coming up and uh, it should actually be launched by the end of today uh, on wendell.com. Uh, we Congratulations on that, by the way. I know launching a new website is a big deal. A lot of work goes into that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty exciting. And then uh, we also have the James River North Campus, which we had just soft launched and our uh, main launch is not this weekend, but the next on September 11th. Um, so that has been a really awesome project of just being able to figure out how how people may discover us or get directions or um, any of those things and how it can be be ranked for those uh, locations pages and things like that on Google for the North Campus and start promoting it and getting word out online. Uh, so that's been another uh, really incredible project. It's our third campus and um, it's amazing to see just the the impact that it's already having. And I was 
I was there in our pr our prayer meeting this past Wednesday, and I mean, you could just sense that God was about to do something amazing, and you could sense God's presence and His hand on that campus, and we're just really looking forward to seeing the impact that that will have in the lives of people on the north side of town. Yeah, man. Let me just ask you real quick. So with the, with the different campuses, uh, like the North Campus, are you still involved with that, or do you have a different team that kind of handles their, their promotions? Yeah, so um, we have some people that will be handling, like, print advertising, so, like, billboards or radio ad spots, and then um, my team ends up coming in to be able to, to do more of, like, your Google search advertising um, as well as, like, your social media advertising, and then also we, we take care of all the directory listings and things that it takes uh, in order to, to really get your, your new location online and on the web. So, Gotcha. So you're, you're at the main campus and uh, your team supports the other campuses by, by kind of working with them on their digital marketing. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it all kind of comes from, from our uh, you know, headquarters here in, in Ozark and then we we go from there. <laughs> okay, great. So yeah, what else? Um, you mentioned uh, maybe a couple more things that you have going on. So what are some other things that you've been working on? Uh, we also have the October 31st party coming up, which is um, an event that we put together for the public. We have, I think last year we had over 15,000 people in attendance for that. And um, we actually had just had a meeting for all the planning for it uh, this past week. And um, so we'll be helping with that to be able to to get us positioned uh, online and get that um, October 31st party uh, out there online and, and in the community to, to help bring people into our event. And, you know, from there, we, we just love on people. We take care of them. And we also have just these incredible, um, like, live productions and things like that that um, can really help families that are coming in just to give a safe environment for their children um, an opportunity to really hear the gospel and to, to allow God to soften their heart and to, uh, through their child and through, through them wanting to love their child, uh, be able to present the gospel to them. And we just see a tremendous response and people come to know the Lord through it. So what's the, uh, what's the goal of that event? Is it to reach like families, young kids in the community? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, one of the, what we would say is kind of our, our core calling here is, is to reach young families. And to reach fun, young families, a lot of times that means um, being able to really love and emphasize and prioritize children. And, uh, you know, what better time to do that than um, on a Halloween, you know, <laughs> holiday and to be able to reach out to people through that and uh, what we see is really families will come in to the event and they may never want to go on a Sunday or on a Wednesday night to be able to see the church but they'll take their kid to this event because it's a place where they can their kid can you know do some type of trick-or-treating and have a lot of fun it's a safe environment for their child to be able to, to do something for for Halloween and uh, through that, they're able to experience the church, get to know people at the church, and get a taste for what, what it is like, as well as an opportunity for us to present the gospel to them and their children. 
Um, so that's really what we would see in our heart for it is to reach people and to be able to break down some of the barriers that people have who would be apprehensive to visit a church. Gotcha. So in, in marketing world, usually we have a call to action of some kind with whatever we do, uh, promotion or uh, even a, an mm-hmm. event. Is there a call to action that you can identify that you're trying to go towards? Uh, like online? I would say that um, with anything like that for events, a really good way to handle that is just to try and capture capture people's information. So having a form on there uh, on that page can be a, an easy call to action for people to be able to use where they're just entering their basic information, who's coming with them. And uh, we actually do the same thing for, for Sundays and Wednesdays when people visit the church, uh, where when they do that, we, we basically allow them to schedule their visit. And we get their information and they get information via you know, an email response that tells them where to meet us and that we're excited that they're coming so we can be ready for them. And then they meet us at the church and we walk them around. We help them get their kids checked in if they, do, if they need that. We introduce them to the church. So instead of you know, telling people to meet with us after they've already attended the service, uh, this is an opportunity for us to be able to to meet them as the moment that they walk in and know that it's their first time and that they're visiting. Yeah, I know. I know that could um, be a really great way to do that. I know that you guys do that really well. I mean, the fact that you guys uh, that James River has a um, digital marketing team is a is something that most churches don't have. So you pay attention to that stuff way more than most churches. So it's kind of nice to point out maybe um, an ideal situation so that churches can maybe move in that direction. So the thing that I heard that you do uh, with your promotions is that you want people not only to see the event information, but then also to respond to it in some way and click on a link that then gets them to uh, your system so that you can cultivate them to attend the event, give them more information, be more helpful Mm -hmm. to them, even greet them once Mm -hmm. they get there. Does that sound about right? Yeah. Is that is that the big idea? Absolutely. You know, an amazing thing is that once you've actually had them fill out whatever form it is to schedule a visit, now you have their information and can, um, I mean, depending on what system you're using, there are a lot of systems out there, like MailChimp, for instance, this is what we use, uh, to be able to create automated campaigns. So let's say someone's filled out a event form like for the October 31st party or even on a Sunday that um, you can then at that point figure out filter those people to say these are we're identifying these people as first-time visitors and then from there you can set up an email to to invite them to church and have that go out on on Friday or on Saturday and so then we say we'd love to see you back here you know and you can do that sort of a thing where it's kind of you're, you're continuing to bring the conversation after, after the, that form is filled out. It doesn't stop at the form, but then you can at that point kind of create a workflow to where um, you're able to really engage people and allow that system to work for you instead of feeling like you have to respond to all these different requests that you're getting in and adding to your workload. You can kind of set it and forget it and just allow it to, to be able to really um, do what you'd hope to see, and that's welcome people to church, invite them back, and, 
and create a better experience for people who are coming from the website to a, a physical visit to you at church on a Sunday or Wednesday or at an event. So. Excellent. So in a very practical sense, somebody might see an ad for your October 31st party, and then there's a call mm -hmm. to action that says click here. And once they click there, you collect their email, which then provides an automated sequence that sends them a message, giving them event details. And then uh, they show up to the event, hopefully. And then after the event, there's an automation set up to invite them to come back to the, to the church. Yeah, so that, that would be how we would uh, view the, the events and what would be the best um, scenario for us to create that experience. Obviously, you don't have to fill out that form in order to, to visit or attend the event. Um, you know, we don't only, you know, receive that. If it's a ticketed event, then, you know, they have to register and all that sort of stuff. But um, for the majority of our events, which are open to the public and free, um, those sort of things, we, we really uh, just want people to be able to just come in and, and not necessarily have to go through some process to be there. Um, although for the people that do go that route, um, now we have a way to follow up with them. So. Excellent. That's great. I'm glad you clarified that. So people can just show up. Do you, do you try to collect emails at the event or do you just let people show up? Um, for that kind of event, we just let people show up because of how, I mean, you can imagine having, you know, 15,000 people show up and you're, they're there for just a, a few hours. Um, it would be really hard to, to get like a check-in system to let people through and all that kind of thing. Um, but for, for other events, you know, they're, uh, that are registration-based, then those we would, we would um, need people to check in. That sort of thing. Yeah, I didn't know if you had like a maybe a raffle or something, you know, uh, some other method to, to collect. Yeah, but that is a great idea to do a raffle like that and just have people fill it out. And um, that can be an easy way to also get people who are there to, to get to have their information on hand. Um, you know, and I think I think a lot of times people are like, well, we just want your information. But you, you when you have someone's contact information, you can communicate to them. And when you communicate to, to them, you're building a relationship with them, um, whether that's person to person or if that's through the um, online system that you've built. And that's, that's really the goal, is to create a relationship and to communicate with people. And um, you, can, you can only do that if you have the ability if you have their information you know um, so that's why thinking about how you can uh, can do those sort of things and get those get those names or get their emails or get their phone number or address or whatever can really be a way in which you can really um, bring an elevation or a lift to uh, to really the experience that people have both when they attend a service or when they're at home and had just visited and they're getting something back from you guys saying we loved that you were there and, and you could even we don't do this but um, because we just have a connect center that people come to but I mean if, if you have a, ca a cafe even and you say hey use this coupon or some show this email on your next visit you know it's a, a way that you can welcome people back and you know give them a cup of coffee on you as a church or anything like that could be 
you know, something that you can, can use that same idea of getting someone's information and figuring out, you know, now that they visited once, how can we get them to come back? Or if they visited this event, um, how can we how can we interest them or um, show, or introduce them or invite them back? Um, so that's how you can do that. It's just by capturing their information. Excellent. No, I think that's that's really good. Uh, most of the time, even in my experience working at uh, church on church staff, um, churches have events, and then they hope a lot of people show up. And then they hope that those people come back and they hope that people come to a service, you know, and, and keep on coming. But there's not a, an intentionality behind it of like, how can we help this process take place? So I love how you think about that. And I just wanted to make sure that our audience is um, able to hear, you know, just your mindset on, you know, mm. maximizing an event so that you can really connect with people. Because really, that's the purpose of the event is to connect with people, invite them to come to the services, mm -hmm. and communicate with Absolutely. them co continually. Yeah. So what uh, with the block party uh, as a whole? Does does the I say block party, but the October thirty first party, does it have its own unique brand, or how do you present the the event? All right. Um, the way that we do a lot of that is we essentially have like a a style guide as a church on what our brand is. You know, we would see our brand as being something that's bright and friendly and welcoming, and and um, that's sort of how we would describe our brand. Um, and so we kind of have everything fall under that, and then we have a look that we would say is like, this is like the James River look, but then each event has its own look as well. So when we do the October 31st party, we'll create some type of a, a design and an artwork that we use and then everything from there then is essentially uh, converted so like let's say they create a banner design and then we take the banner design and we use that for uh, how the look of what we want the web page for it to look like and then we use that to be able to create um, that same look to create social media posts around it we use that look for any type of advertising that we would do, and we would use that look for any type of invite cards that we would create. And so everything's consistent uh, around the event. And the event look is consistent with what we would say is um, the style, would, would be um, cohesive with the style guide that we would have as a church. Makes sense. Do you, um, do you have certain tactics that you use to promote big events that are more effective than others? Maybe it's postcard mailers or uh, maybe Facebook ad mm -hmm. campaigns. Maybe it's a micro website. Yeah. Can you, can you talk? Um, so, yeah. Uh, actually, you know what? There's, I've ended up going, in, going into a meeting uh, for an event, and you know we just had a limited marketing budget for it and said, what's the most that we can do with, what we have instead of thinking like oh we have to have this really large budget in order to mark an event sometimes you can just be really strategic with the things that you have in order to see the results that ends up being you know something really awesome and really great so um, with that uh, you would want to think about really what opportunities do we have available to us so or what sort of things could we do in order to grow it that 
don't cost a lot of money, and then where should we use the, the money that we do have? So to do that, um, we thought about how we can create an event page and get that set up early so that way it's showing up in search engines and it's all set up and people can get to it and all that um, from there. So we'll just go ahead and create the page early enough on to where we can promote it and get it ranked uh, in time for when people are actually looking. Uh, then you can create um, even blog posts uh, to be able to kind of you know talk about you know things to do in your area um, for Halloween you know and or you know a safe place for you to go in Springfield Missouri for Halloween and so like there you have a blog post someone may not necessarily be searching for the October 31st party but they're just trying to generically you know find something that could be helpful to them so that could be an article that you write and it's a companion piece to the main page that kind of can promote it that way. Um, then also reaching out to news stations. A lot of times, especially during the week, um, they are looking for local stories or, or things for people to do. And so being able to, to reach out to those places and have a press release or give them a phone call and reach out to news outlets or media outlets or even radio stations that are local. Um, and then a lot of times, because they're free and open to the public, they will announce those and, and get those out there for you for free. Um, another thing that we've seen is that within the region, there are a lot of um, sites out there that post public events. So being able to just look for those list of events and then manually add that as a listing for at, on their event website. Um, so we have in, in town a, a you know Springfield event listing website and so we would just go there and add that and then um, alongside that then how can we promote this on social media and really push push the event there as well um, you know even if you just spend a, a short amount of money you can on on something like Facebook advertising uh, you can target your specific city or surrounding area you can you know, say within this age and this age, you can even bring up specific interests that they have in order to really narrow down your audience. Um, you can even promote it to people who are friends of people that are following or liking your page. Um, you know, so it's really something that you can, you can drill down um, exactly the kinds of people that you're looking for. And what we'll do is just create a couple of different campaigns and then boost them um, into a targeted audience and then say, you know, this one seems to be performing better and getting people to, to view it or it's gaining more interest for less money and so we'll just get rid of the ones that are not working or reduce those and then use the one that's working the best. And, you know, that way you can be a good steward of what, of what you have in order to, to get people to the conference and, or to the event or to the, uh, you know, in this case, the October 31st party. Um, and doing that, really, it's, if you think about it, you know, at some point, everything's marketing. So creating a banner or an invite card, all of those things are marketing. And it's, it's the exact same thing, but on, it's essentially a digital invite card, <laughs> you know, uh, to the event. 
is what you know Facebook ad or even a, a Google search results is. And the question is not necessarily is one better than the other, other but which? What mix of things works the best in terms of getting people to know about the event and to really interest them and pique their interest to be able to come and, and attend? And that all just goes right back to the, to the heart of it, which is we want to reach people, we want to engage people, we want to communicate with people, we want to connect with people, and because we love and we value people. And we feel like, as a church, um, that events is something that um, can really be a way to welcome people in and to reach them through, uh, through the event. So how come uh, you chose Halloween? Like, where did, where did that, the October 31st um, concept, come from? You know, I think we just keep, the, keep this special day special. And, uh, uh, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, you have a Christmas, you have an Easter. I honestly wasn't here when they decided to, to do an October 31st party, uh, so I don't know what all the reasonings behind it necessarily are. Um, but I do know that it is just a tremendous opportunity for us to be able to put something on for the community, to love on people, and um, whether it's October 31st or something, um, October 31st, like Halloween or some other holiday, um, it's an opportunity for us to be able to take something that, um, uh, take that opportunity and use it. And, you know, Halloween tends to have a, a sense about it of it being kind of a, negative unchristian holiday but you can still use that holiday to reach people you know you can make something bad and use it for good and um, you know we even promote it as the October 31st party we don't even use the word Halloween so we don't consider it a Halloween party um, but it is on Halloween day and it is something that we put on and open up to the community and we allow people to um, dress in costume, nothing like profane or like gruesome or anything like that, but um, you know, like kids and things like that can dress in costume and come up and we have candy for them and inflatables and all those different things that really opens up a door for us to be able to really connect and love on people. Looks, yeah, that sounds great. The fact that you have 15,000 people, you know, coming, <laughs> that's that's pretty mm -hmm. amazing to be able to connect with the community. So uh, you mentioned the uh, mm -hmm. Facebook ads and some other promotions. Can you talk, uh, like, do you put gr the graphic out there, or do you put, a, like, a video that's a highlight video from a previous year, or maybe photography? Right. What do you use to promote? Everything. <laughs> you know, that's, um, right now, actually, if, if you've looked much into um, advertising and things like that, Facebook in particularly, they're in a position now where they're competing with YouTube. Um, so they want to be known, um, they wouldn't tell you this publicly, but they want to be known as a place that people can go to, to um, you know, get video content. So it actually, um, their algorithm biases video content. So if you look at videos that go out there and they get way more views than you would ever expect them to, it's because um, because it's a video thing, it's actually easier for you to get a larger reach of people using it. So um, at some point, it is actually worth to get to post a video on, directly on Facebook 
and promote it and see how that compares to posting a link that has like a photo card and all that. Um, we generally would not like market a, a just a photo because there's really no way to say like has this person gone to the website? How has this actually um, translated into into someone attending an event or showing interest in the event? There's really no way to be able to to see that if what you're promoting out there doesn't actually link back to a website. So even the videos, we would have some type of a call to action or a link in there that will drive people back to the website so we can see you know, how many people are actually clicking to learn more about it and how many of those people are filling out some type of a form. And, and through that, we have the ability to really um, kind of get an idea or at least a sense of of whether or not um, you know our what we're doing is working our initiatives are working so and I might have missed it but do you have a, a an event website like a microsite or is it just the main website that has a page for the event um, it just depends on the event so like for something like our design for life conference or our stronger men's conference um, which if you've never heard about us we'd love for you to check us out it's a designforlife.org and strongermen.org if you want to check out those. Those would be micro sites and the reason is because those um, are very different in terms of um, what that event is and you know it's sort of one of those things where if you have people from all over the nation come to it and um, it's very different from church in that sense. Obviously it's a part of the church and something that we as a church do and are a part of. And so we do have it on the James River website, jamesriver.org website. But uh, we promote those, we, we have those paid, uh, websites separate for the conferences themselves. Um, and the reason is because of search engines and things like that, it'll be easier for you to rank for things like women's conference, for, for men's conference. Um, on there as well as just consistency of brand because it's such a large event we want the website and the theme of the website to match the artwork and look of the event and so it's harder to do that when you're on a on your own website but then anything else we put that just on the jamesriver.org domain because you know it's if you think about it um, Every single website that you have, like it's on a different domain name. So like jamesriver.org is a domain name. DebbieLindell.com is a domain name. Uh, designforlife.org is a domain name. Strongermen.org is a domain name. All of those things are essentially different entities in which you have to then build some type of clout with Google in order to rank in. Um, and then you also have to build an audience too. So, you know, the more sites that you have, the more you're splicing up your efforts. So the more you can consolidate things, the better. Um, now, in some cases, you know, that may not be the best case of like for conferences, it's very different from church. So we keep those separate because it'll be more relevant um, to have a conference site than it would be to have that on a church website. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of different philosophies and way to do it, but 
the more that you can get things on just one website and keep it consolidated, the better off you're going to be in most cases. Excellent. No, thank you for going through that. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, I think a lot of churches struggle with that. You know, do we build a, another site for this? Is it big enough to do that? So I think that gives us a lot of things to, to think about. You had mentioned, too, in one of our conversations, something about a Google grant. Can you talk about that? That sounds pretty amazing. It is amazing. Let me tell you. Uh, yeah, so the Google grant is uh, something that you can apply for if you're a nonprofit organization, which, um, you know, churches fall under that category. Um, so essentially you address you can research it online and uh, they have an application that you fill out and then you'll hear back and see whether or not you got it. Uh, we had done that and actually got the grant and it's a $10,000 a month grant that you can use for Google search advertising. So, uh, hold on, let me make sure. Uh, hey, hey Steven, just for, just for a minute. Um, so you said it's a $10,000 a month grant, is that right? Yeah. $120,000 a year that you can use for marketing and advertising for free. Okay. Wow. Uh, keep going. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so a lot of people honestly don't know that that sort of thing exists, uh, but it does, and it's awesome. Um, we have seen a tremendous amount of growth in web traffic and everything else. And a lot of that is due to the fact that we've begun to utilize this grant. Um, so what we've strategized on that side of it is um, there are some limitations. Like, you know, you can, you can only spend uh, up to $2. Like your max bid is $2 per click, which is actually very, you know, that's hard to do in most cases. Um, so what we've done is really said, how can we focus on creating content for the purpose of using it for this Google grant to be able to either A, reach people, or um, B, you know, be able to get people to the church. So either it's an online ministry of we want people to be able to read an article or something like that, or really a need and maybe searching for a specific topic. Um, so we, we end up promoting content that we release on our website, and then from there we'll have, uh, we'll, we'll focus on that first, but then, you know, we have ways for them to subscribe to the blog, we have ways for them to subscribe for church emails, and then we even have um, ads on our blog that are relevant to the, to the page that it's on. So let's say um, we're writing something about Springfield, Missouri, and then we publish it on our blog, and then we start using the Google grant to be able to promote it and get it out there um, in front of people. Then from there, we can put an ad for visit us at James River Church, you know, visit our church. And then they click that and fill out the information. They get all the information about visiting us. And um, it can be a way to, to really boost uh, your, to, to boost your church. And I mean, right now we're actually at performing on average about 60 cents a click. So we're close to almost, I mean, it'll, it'll increase our web traffic this year by almost a quarter million of visits. And I mean, can you imagine the impact that a quarter million of people on your website can have for free? And uh, it's just a matter of putting in the effort to create the content, to do your research. Um, we do keyword research using 
Google Keyword Planner, and I've actually trained my team to do this, and they manage all of it, and they understand, um, they're, they're learning how all that works, and, um, you know, as we begin to try different terms to, to rank for, we'll look at the cost per click, and if the cost per click's really high, then we'll just get rid of those ones, and then we'll try some new ones and see how they perform, so we can continue to, to spend less of that grant per click to the website. And so it's really been an amazing thing to see how we can write these articles, use a free grant to promote them, and then through that article be able to minister to people and then invite them to church. That's amazing, man. Yeah, wow, that really, uh, I didn't know that was out there. I'm sure a lot of people don't know that's out there. And the fact that you, yeah. you're just broken down on how you're using it, um, really good. I, can you talk just a little bit more about the blog? So you, as a church, you, you, um, you're a blogging church. Is, is that the idea to target some keywords? Yeah. Um, actually I had one other thing, uh, about the grant. Um, and there, there's also a grants pro program that essentially, if you meet certain criteria, you can apply for the grants, the grant pro. And that is a $40,000 a month uh, in free advertising grant. You're not guaranteed to get it just by qualifying, um, but you will be considered for it if you meet the qualifications, and you can search for that online as well. Um, so that's kind of our, our prayer hope, you know, is to go from the $10,000 grant to the $40,000 grant after we've, um, you know, you have, to, you have to use it for up to six months and see certain results and all that kind of stuff. So we're... We're in the process of being qualified for that, um, and then we'll we'll apply for it. But I mean, imagine the impact that you can have with that. But in terms of the blog, um, essentially what we've seen is that um, you know for us we we've really sensed that God, uh, especially this year, has called us to be a fountain church, and by that we mean um, to be a church that um, overflows and can be a blessing to other churches. To be a church that that blesses other churches and and can help kind of create an, a uh, a sense of like you know how how can we help you and how can we um, you know maybe what we're doing we know we're not the best church in, uh, on the block and there are amazing churches that do things just incredibly well but um, we are seeing God's hand on the church and we want to be able to to help other churches because you know it's 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 about not just a church but the church the capital C church. And, uh, you know, we want to champion the cause of the local church and, and allow people to be uh, uh, strengthened through other ministries out there. And, um, you know, with that, uh, we have really seen uh, that content has been a huge thing. So uh, we started publishing our sermons as soon as we had launched our new site and creating an archive for them. And a lot of our traffic comes directly from our sermons. Um, in fact, there are most view, viewed pages on our website are not like our new, you know, are you new here or about pages or anything like that. It's actually our, our sermon content and we're actually seeing the same thing with our blogs now that we're getting that rolling out. And so we are writing content and some of that is about setting culture and influencing people and and being able to inspire people and equip people. And, um, but we also have some strategy in there of how, you know, a blog can be a really great.
great way to also rank in search engines for things um, that are relevant to the to a topic. So we'll do keyword research and and plan out how can we use how can we use this this blog platform to the the best of its ability to be able to get people on it to read these things. Um, not because we just want to see more visits, but because every single visit is an opportunity to influence someone for Jesus. And so as people are reading the blog, it may not be necessarily something that's like, you know, receive salvation right now, but it could be something that they read about and now they're interested in what we have to say. And so then they subscribe to our blog and then they continue to read our blog and they begin to see more about, um, to learn more about Jesus, to learn more about scripture. And then through that, um, they decide to visit us or they decide to, to receive Jesus in their heart without ever even um, coming into a service at James River because, you know, influence is influence, whether it's, whether it's here or somewhere else. And um, we want to be able to not just reach people here in Springfield, although, you know, we definitely sense a call to that, um, but we want to be able to influence and reach people across the world. And online is the best way um, today to do that, really. And so, um, and so through the blog, we see that as an opportunity to be able to reach people here locally and around the world. Wow, that's amazing. So you've got a couple different audiences that you're reaching out to with the blog. One, one would be um, the community, so being able to reach people who need uh, help in different areas in the community. And then the other mm -hmm. audience might be uh, church, other churches where you can provide tactics to kind of help them reach more people. Does that sound about right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. And with the community outreach stuff, are you are you blogging about like, I don't know, maybe finances or marriage or relationships or is that kind of the idea you're targeting those type of things? Honestly, you can talk about anything. Um, you know, it's the amazing thing about a blog is that you can you know, write about whatever whatever you would like. But what we would see is we want to write things about uh, leadership, about the Bible. We want to write about things that um, may pertain to culture. So, you know, um, we had a, written a blog about um, ways to keep your, your children safe on social media. And it has, like, you know, different things that they can use for, like, mobile phones and gives basically resources for parents to be able to, you know, like, oh, hey, people have used this for, like, browser protection or they've used this to be able to monitor their kids. And so it's, like, um, a way that we can write those things that are really helpful to people, whether they're a Christian or not. Because, I mean, ultimately, like, you know, we want to reach people, and if you're only writing things that, are in that would be interested, that would only peak interest for Christians, then we're kind of, we're kind of only using it to reach our own people. And, um, you know, at that point you can kind of miss, uh, miss the heart to reach people that don't know the Lord. And so writing things that are maybe more interested to anyone, whether they're Christian or not, can be more effective because it has a broader reach and it has a broader interest group. And so a lot of the times when we think about what we're writing, we start with who are we trying to reach? And then we allow who are we trying to reach to influence the things that we write. 
Yeah, that's really good. Man, I think uh, a lot of churches can utilize that, uh, that blogging platform to target people in their community that, you know, in a way that just wants to help uh, help them in different different areas. And I love the fact that you mentioned that it's not about helping uh, Christians necessarily. It's just about helping people and whatever the issues are, you know, being able to produce some content that's serving people in, in different areas. So I love that. I love mm-hmm. the blog. Um, you know, uh, you've talked about a lot of different things. <laughs> um, I'd like to ask you more questions, but I don't want to eat up all your, your whole day. So um, let's wrap it up here. And I think I'm going to have to have a conversation to have you back on the podcast at some point and, and talk about like church planting, because I know you guys are big into uh, you're launching your third campus. Um, there's more information I'd like to ask you about that. But in the meantime, how can people connect with you uh, now? What's a good way where people can follow what you're doing and, and just be able to see some of the things you're working on? Mm-hmm. Well, I'd say following the church would be a great way to see what we're doing because it's all on there. But also, um, I'm generally on Facebook. You know, one of the things is when you when you uh, start doing social media and all that for other people, the first thing to go is your own account. So, um, you know, Instagram and Twitter, although those are great platforms, I'm less engaged on there than I would be. Um, you know, checking out my Facebook feed or something like that while I'm on the go. So I just recommend shooting me a message on Facebook or um, just looking for me on there. And, you know, my name's Steven Records. So, uh, yeah, I would love to connect with you guys through there. Great. So uh, Facebook is a good place. And then jamesriver.org, uh, is that right? Is that the name of the church website? Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. Okay, so jamesriver.org, and then you can check out James River on Facebook or any other social media as well. And you can see Stephen's work, <laughs> see what he's doing, and learn from it. Uh, it's really great stuff. Hey, Stephen, thanks again for coming on, man. Uh, you brought a lot of great stuff once again, so thanks for, uh, thanks for doing what you do and for sharing it with, um, with our audience. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's, it's always a pleasure to be able to come on and talk with you and um, be able to to influence and help other churches to be able to reach the people that uh, the Lord's called them to. That's awesome. Um, and, and congratulations again on the launching of a new website today. So hopefully everything goes smoothly the rest of the day um, with your, your website launch. Yeah, thanks. Uh, we, we can use your prayers, but we're, we're excited for it and it's in a good place and we're, we're ready to launch it. So. All right. Thanks, Stephen. I'll talk to you later. All right. Thanks. Bye. That was really great stuff from Stephen Records. I want to say thanks again to Stephen for being on the podcast. He always brings such great information to the audience. So I want to encourage you to visit our blog. It's at churchbrandguide.com and check out the free resources that are there. We've also added uh, to the site lately. We've got some products to help you um, be able to implement what you're learning about on the podcast and provide more of a guide to help you go through it so you can brand your church the most effectively that you possibly can. So check out those resources that are on there. If you also need us to come alongside and help you execute, uh, maybe build a website, design a logo, and just consult with you on what it takes to build a great brand, we provide services to do that as well. I always want to provide a resource for you. So this week we're going to be 
presenting a book to you called Platform. It is by Michael Hyatt. In this book, Michael unpacks what it takes to build a digital marketing platform that allows you to reach a lot of people. He talks about uh, the website and how to use that and set it up in a, a great uh, way so that people are engaging with you and with your organization. He also talks about social media and are having the right mindset to use it to reach a lot of people. Make sure you check out this book so you can learn what it takes to build a digital platform at, that allows you to uh, be very effective in getting your message out there. If you haven't done so, please leave a review on iTunes for this podcast, the Church Brand Guide Podcast. That helps a lot more people become aware of the podcast, so it's a wonderful thing for you to do. Um, it just encourages us and helps a lot of other people find the podcast when you do that. So thanks again for joining me on this episode, and I'll see you next time.